there, Red Listeners. Thanks again for tuning into Sin's Workshop. Hope you're all having a wonderful day. So today we're going to be talking about Defy the Night by Bridget Kemmerer. This is the new, the first book in a new series. Um, you might be familiar with Kemmerer from A Curse of Dark and Lonely trilogy. Um, and I love that trilogy. Don't get me wrong. Eh, well, I like I love the first book. The second book was a little bit of a letdown and I haven't read the third book yet but I really want to so um I do like her writing and I have to say I really did like Defy the Night as well I thought it was a really well written story um I like how in the beginning you know you have your I guess cast of characters right this is your um, your list of all the nobles and what they're called and pretty much all the nobles you know they have their own province in the kingdom that they govern and I like the one that's called Traitor's Landing and that's not the official name of the realm but considering that the formal former noble is responsible for the assassination of the former king and queen who were by the way beloved by their people it's fitting you know and then you have the list of the two no the three rebels right um tessa and wes who are our main characters and then you have a little explanation uh, at the bottom about what the moonflower is and what the sickness is and the moonflower isn't an all-out cure it is a treatment it can cure early symptoms but once you're so far gone you know it's that's it sorry it's not gonna do anything for you and this sickness that has swept through the realm happened literally right after the king and queen were assassinated um that's when it became an epidemic and you have these two young boys who have to now rule this kingdom and then they have to play politics and now they have to try to figure out you know treason treason and politics and what it means to ensure not just their survival but the survival of their people with the sickness that's going around you know and of course it's easy for and i'm not defending them of course um it's of course it's easy for the people who are not well off to just blame the king of king the the, the king and his brother who's called the, the cruel um king's justice you know it's easy to place blame on them because, of course, not all the facts are privy to the people. And it's really a, a rough hand, you know. It's really a, a rough hand that was dealt to both Tessa. You know, her lo she lost her parents because her parents were working with smugglers. To, as apothecaries, you know, they were working with smugglers to get more medicine to more of the people who couldn't afford it. And so she saw her parents get killed by law enforcement. And it, it kind of sucks. You know, it does suck for her to kind of be in this situation where she wants to carry on her parents' work. She liked her parents' work. Her parents were doing good. 
the only way they knew how. But, you know, of course, nothing ever kind of works out the way you want it to work out, even when you're doing good. So, I like the story. There's lots of layers to the storytelling. There's lots of, you know, Tessa and Wes and Cork. I thought Cork was a great character as well. He doesn't want to be the cruel king's justice. He hates that title. But considering... You know, his parents were beloved by everyone. But of course, greedy nobles weren't afraid of them, so they, you know, tried to assassinate them. And for Cork, he is in this position now of, you know, he's 15. His, oh right, was he, was he 13? He was between 13 and 14, 13 and 15. His parents were assassinated in front of him. They tried to kill him and his brother. So he became ruthless. Everyone's mocking him like, oh, he can't take this position, blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, I'll show you that I can take this position. And he does. He becomes very stoic-faced. He becomes very unyielding. But he hates it. You see that this is just a facade. It is a front that he puts up so that he can protect himself, so he can protect his brother, so that he can prevent the nobles who you know there are only two two provinces that can grow the moonflower he's trying his hardest to prevent greed from limiting resources to the you know to the masses doesn't always work out for him but he's doing his best with the cards he was dealt so it involves a lot of bluffing it involves a lot of you know aggressive handling of the situation and he doesn't take any patience with people you know with smugglers it's just like you're he, he's not a fan of smugglers because it's like you are exploiting people i don't want people to be exploited to the people it's just like oh well these are people who are giving us medicine so it's you know it's a rough hand that he was dealt it doesn't always work out the way he wants it to it is complex and i do like the complexities that go into the characterization i do like the complexities that go into the plot line i think you know when tessa once tessa and cork team force you know join forces you definitely see her view shift like I said earlier in this podcast, the masses aren't privy to all the underhanded things that happen in a royal courtroom, unfortunately. You know, there's greed, there's corruption, and they don't see it. They just know they are sick, they are suffering, they need someone to blame. Unfortunately, they are blaming the wrong people. And that's the part that Tessa is seeing. She's just like, this is what you have to deal with? And it's just like, yeah, this is what I have to deal with, dude. And she sees, you know. But unlike Cork, she's looking for another way to kind of handle the situation so that more people are happy. You know, more people people are happier given the stakes of the situation. People are more welcoming. People are more willing to work together and compromise because, you know, rebellion. People are speaking of rebellion. People want rebellion. People think 
the king and the king's justice are not doing anything. You as the reader, you are privy to the information. It's just like, y'all just need to work together. You just need to talk to one another. And they do. They finally, at the end, come to some sort of agreement. But there is a book too, you know. Everything's not all roses. It There's a lot of things that still need to be figured out. And I like that. I like that there is room for the story to be further explored. I do like the romance aspect of the story as well because it's not forced and pushed on to the reader. Yes, you have these two people. They are attracted to each other, but it's still not the core of the story. I'm not a huge romance person. I don't mind romance in my stories as, when, as long as it's done well. And I think Kevin did an excellent job in this story by building up the attraction. You know, Cork, Wes, I'm sorry. Wes was there when her parents died. When she thought all hope was lost, Wes found her and was just like, no, we're, let's we will continue their work, but we're going to do it our way, right? And you understand that attraction, you know, it's founded on something. And then as they, you know, butt heads throughout the story and as they, you know, come together again, you're seeing this build of trust. You're seeing these characters really come to understand one another underneath the mask that they wear. So I do think it's a really, I do think it's a well done story. I like the layers. I like the complex complexities to it. I think it does offer the reader something engaging to read. And I think Kevin Moore did a really good job with the world building here. Um, I will never say no to a book with a, <laughs> with a map. And I love that there is a map here. Um, you have the wilds, you have the provinces, you have, you know, I guess I'm just going to call it the royal sector because I don't have the book in front of me. And I think it was really well done. It was engaging. It was entertaining. It was overall a well thought out story and a well thought out plot pacing was very engaging as well you know it just moves so fast from one point to another and there are some twists and turns some predictable and some not predictable that offered the book and story to have more tension that I think it didn't have otherwise so I'm going to give To Five the Night four out of five stars. Once again, really engaging book, really good character dynamics, really good politics, really good complexities and layers when it comes to characters learning to understand each other and the situations that they are in. Um, not super heavy, kind of a light read, fast read, but again, really dynamic as far as the characters go and very memorable as well. So four out of five stars. Remember, if you want to support the author, please purchase the book from a local bookseller or online book retailer. Um, if you can't purchase the book, check it out from your local library and just write a review. Um, just share it on your social media. That's the best way. Well, that's another way that you can support the author. And um, for my interactions with authors on Instagram, they, they love them. Um, they really will reshare them. They adore 
um, that stuff. And you can't blame them. It's just like, hey, even if you're not buying the book, you're still kind of like promoting it in a way. And that really helps them out. And on that note, I hope you all continue to support me here by liking this podcast, subscribing to it, and sharing it with all your book-loving friends. I hope you all have a great rest of your day, and as always, happy reading.